Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a brand new series to celebrate the symposium launch, a virtual gymnastics educational event hosted by Shift, June 10th to June 12th. Introducing The Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Dan Lonsdale. This week's mini podcast episode is another of the 2022 Shift Symposium's guest speakers, Dan Lonsdale, gymnastics strength and conditioning consultant from England. Dan will be presenting on day three of the symposium, discussing everything you need to know about upper body strength and power development. The clubs I work with and I have a regular arrangement with, you know, we talk about trying to create athletes as well as gymnasts. Mm. So in order to do that, you need to be doing something outside of gymnastics. Um, in terms of like that general prep work. But like you said, it's never losing sight of what the reason for doing that general prep work is for, which is that we always come back to the sport. So, you know, is what we're doing affecting the gymnast? Because if it isn't, it's not relevant. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the other one is obviously, it, it used to be that there was a very clear line of, you would do this and then we'll do this. And what I try and do is just try and blur the lines. So when I do like a six-hour visit, for example, I'm there for the full six hours. Mm. Whether that's the physical prep warm-up, whether that's the gymnastics warm-up, you know, whether that's watching them do technical skills and standing side-by-side side with the coach, all the way to, you know, the last 45 minutes, hour of the day where I do my general general prep work with them. Um, because that's it's all physical preparation. Therefore, as an SSE coach, my opinion is you should be involved in a lot of it. Mm-hmm. What I mean by involved is there's bits where you lead and then there's bits where you very much are just there to support if required. So standing there and just watching and absorbing and offering an opinion if asked or, you know, trying to problem solve with the coaches or what other support staff are there. Mm. So, yeah, it's th- that, that was my thing very quickly is it was trying to just expand and push and blur the edges of what that black and white was to as much grey as possible of, what my involvement is and, and the reason I'm involved is because it gives me a bigger picture of what's going on. So uh, I'm always trying to learn more myself. And the only way I'm going to learn more is obviously by sort of putting myself more and more into the sport, but also it's vital to work with the coaches that you're working with. This isn't a siloed approach. Like I don't just go in and work on my own and then drive home at the end of the day. Like I work side by side with the coaches that I work with. Mm-hmm. And I'm really fortunate because the coaches I work with obviously want me to be there. Um, but they're also really open to the idea of having that hybrid model. Mm. So when they're really open to that idea, there's just less barriers for entry. So they they want to implement it. They're open to suggestion. And then it's just a case of finding a way that works the best to make sure that the gymnasts, and it's an athlete-centered thing at the end of the day, are getting the most out of it. Mm. Yeah, I just think if you have to use the word force in anything, um, <laughs> it's not, you know, that – that completely defeats the object of, of having a coaching relationship and, and being support staff. And, um, you know, it's a two-way thing. Like from a technical coach point of view, I think it's really important to be really open-minded to this stuff, which I think is amazing. I think it's definitely happening a lot more. Um, but then from an SSC coach point of view, it's remembering what your role is. And it comes from a place of enthusiasm that you end up doing too much or you try and get too involved or, you know, it, it comes from a good place, but actually you always have to bring it back to as an SSE coach, like what is your role within that club? Each each role is different within each club, I would probably say. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you fall under the category of support staff. So, 
you know, there's a head coach that everyone works around as opposed to down from, but around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, you're there to truly support it using the knowledge and the sort of specific skills that you have. So yes, you can write the best world, you know, the best strength program in the world, but also like, what else can you do? Like, mm-hmm. what else can you offer? So you would think as an SSC coach, you would have some good idea of like some kinetic chain principles. If you do, you can probably help an athlete get better overhead. Mm. So if you can get, help an athlete get better overhead, you're going to probably be a coach's best friend. Yeah. So, you know, or if you can get them to, you know, open their hips a little bit more similarly. So now you're starting to use your knowledge in a way that is actually supportive, right? You know, your, your, your impact in the athlete, all the coach cares about is the athlete improving and doing it in a healthy manner. Mm. So, you know, we're not just there to teach them to like stand up and down with weights you know that's a big part of what we do and it's really fundamental and i'm never going to stop doing it but also we have other strings to our bow that we can certainly use and it's just how do you use that in that unique environment and that's why i have what i call that integrated approach so Mm. standing side by side with the coach and and rolling our sleeves up and helping out best we can so yeah what would you do in those three months between the summer and between the actual meat season that we're living in now yeah so you start to bridge it like you said so it's not like flicking light switches on and off. It's a blend. So you're, you're still doing some strength work, but the volume of it isn't, isn't anywhere near as high as possible. So I do start to pull it back a little bit in the sense of we want them a little bit fresher. Mm. But then I do start to look at trying to put, lay that building blocks of some rate of force development. So we know that that takes time to develop stiffness and there are a lot of things that come before it. So I start to lay the foundation of, are we doing some isometric work? Are we doing some jumping and landing? Are we doing some speed strength work that is not really classed as plyo, but it is definitely classed as power work. And we're sort of trying to get us ready f- for competition time. So yeah, that's that's the route I take with it is we we just pull everything out a little bit, but we are still we're still training and we're still building. Mm. And and that is definitely the the point. But it's not as carefree because there's more considerations from my side and there's more considerations from the head coach. Mm-hmm system yeah can you maybe share a little bit of insight into why it might not look like you're doing anything in some of these power sessions because i think sometimes coaches are like the hell did i hire you for they're standing around for seven of the <laughs> 10 minutes yeah you're gonna cause a riot aren't you uh, <laughs> yeah it, it's understandable because they do just look like they're sitting around but actually what you're doing is Within the work, we're looking at speed of movement. I want that athlete to move quickly because what's the purpose of it? I'm trying to develop rate of force development. So that movement, therefore, has to be quick in order to send the right signal through. This is such crude science, but I'm going to go for it. I'm sticking with it, Dave. Um, but then, you know, if I get them to do 25 of those, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to slow down. So is that is that the aim or the principle of what I'm trying to get out of it? It probably isn't. Mm. So I pick a rep range where I know that they can repeat it and the speed of movement is where I need it. In my opinion, three to five. Okay. Mm. Just kind of what the literature says that after three, we kind of slow down, but we can creep it to five if we're brave. We can go a bit more if we're even braver. Okay. But then we need some rest because the next set, I need that speed to be back. Because that's the idea of what we're trying to achieve. So what we do is we then just take a breather. So, and what I mean by that is we use the principle of rest in order for the system to recover. So then the athlete has the energy to then be able to produce the same amount of force at the same rate again. And that's, and then that way we're training a physical quality that is going to help the gymnast to get better. 
Mm. So it always comes back to why are we doing this? So we're trying to develop a powerful gymnast. Cool. Well, let's give them a little bit of rest. So then their next set can be quick. So then they can develop the power right from the beginning is your, your role has changed. It's competition time. So you're not, you're not steering the ship as much physically. Um, what you're trying to do is ensure that output remains high. So we are doing some plyo work, but we're using it sparingly at the right times. You know, we are touching on some tissue conditioning to make sure that they're remaining healthy and not just fully detraining mm. like during this time period. And then it's also just my role has changed. So am I spending a little bit more time one-on-one with gymnasts doing what we would look at like, um, like an MOT or a service? So is everything still good? Is anything starting to get a little bit achy or sore or are we losing range in certain areas that's causing an issue? Because if it is, we can give you specific work on to do because the rest of your physical prep work potentially isn't as, as, as super, super intense. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to just fine tune the athlete at the time uh, and the squad as a whole of what we're doing. So are there little bits and bobs that we can be doing to create some more rotation and, and help us out so we remain healthier? Because that competition time is so intense for for gymnast and coach and then you know are we trying to keep that output so we've worked all this time period don't just stop and think that they're going to hold it forever because they're not what you've got to do is try and find the opportunities within that period of comp to sprinkle in a bit of stimulus to try and keep the keep everything as high as possible to give them the best possible outcome of being successful Mm -hmm. so it changes it changes a little bit you've got to be a little bit more tactful about how you go about things You've got to spend a lot more time one-on-one with the gymnasts and make sure that you've spent time creating relationships with them so that they tell you what is sore or what they maybe need a little bit of help with. And similarly to the coach. So when you go in, you sort of get given a list of, could you have a look at X, Y, and Z with so-and-so because this is what I'm seeing or this is what I've been told. So the things that you do just just change. I like this time because it's very detail-orientated. So I get to be a little bit nerdy. Um and again, because you've spent time standing side by side by the coach, you don't just feel like you're standing there twiddling your thumbs now because you've always done it. Yeah, You're just getting to watch them do what they do best, which is routines and do skills and refine things. So actually, it's a really nice period to be involved in. And, and I actually feel very privileged to be part of it because it would be very easy for them to be like, you're not necessarily need to be here as long. But because you offer value in other areas of what we do, we'd love you to be here. So... Mm. You know, you, you create that opportunity for yourself to, to be there and witness that. But it's such a privilege to just watch them. Then, you know, you've seen someone learn a skill and now you're seeing them string it together in a full routine. And I think that's just like the reason why we're doing what we're doing. Yep. Um, and, and that just drills home. If I ever do lose sight of what it is I'm trying to do is it's not really about the numbers. It's about what they're doing. Sure. Sure. And, yeah. And then I'll go to competitions and watch as well for the exact yeah. same reason as like, there's nothing more important to this gymnast right now than this. So I'll always try and get to a couple within the year as well. Sure. There's always low hanging fruit. That's really simple to get. So, you know, I will, I'll never try and go into somewhere and, and just make wholesale changes because a lot of the stuff that they're doing is correct. Mm. So, and I think the, the worst mistake you can make as an SNC coach when you go in somewhere is change everything because what you're basically telling that person who has lovingly put that program together is that it's wrong. Yep. Which actually, a lot of the time, it, it, re- it really isn't. There's some really good stuff being done. Yeah. So sit back and watch is my first bit of advice. So if you're going to be there long term, why are you trying to change everything within three weeks? Is it because you know you're not going to be there long term? Yeah. So 
watch and figure out what they're doing well, what can I maybe help with? What's the easy stuff to help with? So make a list of these are the areas that I think could do with potentially changing or doing a little bit differently. Cool. Then make that list into which one of these are really accessible for me to make change to um, without causing any cause for concern. Mm -hmm. Get those done first. They will make an impact if you've made the right decision and you've implemented the right things. Then you start to get a little bit of buy-in. And then you just move on to the next bit on the list and the next bit on the list and then the next bit on the list. And then before you know it, that you're building the trust with the coach. And it's really important because it's, it is actually earned. It's not just, oh, you're here, therefore I now should have the respect of you. Is You're naive to think if you don't go into a gym club, they're not watching you to see whether you're making a change or not. Um, and you'll soon find out if you're not. Mm. So because you won't be there. So, um, But yeah, that's... That's the way is just try not to make wholesale changes. Um, you know, if, if, and if you have these big plans of grandeur about making really big changes, change one thing a year for mm. five years. If, you know, if you want to think that way. So, you know, I've been at cl certain clubs for three years now. Sadly, one of them was during COVID. But, you know, we would maybe make one big change per year. But actually now we've had three fairly decent, significant changes at those clubs. That I've been at for a year and it's and it's come as no shock or surprise because we've discussed it for a year before it happens and then we've discussed it for a year mm. before it happens so yeah that's my advice to the S&C coaches that if that's how you were to do it it's just pick the things you know you can change that mm. are going to cause cause like massive um sort of conflict too quickly and then you know that the higher conflict stuff maybe comes a little bit later down the line but what you'll find is the stuff that you thought would cause conflict, if you have a good working relationship after a while, doesn't really cause conflict once they trust you. Sure. Um, it's, yeah. the Go ahead, yeah, it's, it's the same the other way around, isn't it? If you work with a physiotherapist or a, you know, like I'm like with a head coach, is you, you just learn to trust each other more, don't you? The more sure. time you spend and the more results you get, you just back each other more. So it's like, okay, you've explained it to me. I probably need to see it. Show me and, and we'll see and we can reflect and go on it. Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. Tickets and full information can be found online at www.shiftmovementscience.com forward slash 2022 shift symposium. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests do you want to have on in the future? And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.